moments. Oh, God, he saved me a million times like he just did in those five sessions. And he said, well, baby, maybe the Lord will give it to you later. Why don't you? Psalms 23 is a great one. So she opened up Psalms 23, and she read it to the couple. We got in the car. It was very powerful. We got in the car. She got in the back seat, and she said, you know, Mama, that was a powerful scripture, and thank you, Daddy, for giving it to me. She's a smart girl. She said, but what the Holy Ghost was saying to me, I'm going to find it. It's on my desk at school. Mama, it was about their children. The Holy Ghost said to tell them, their children are going to be saved, and they will come across the line to salvation. Come on, somebody. And what you don't know is that was one of the main cries of that family's heart was that their children would be raised in the glory. I'm telling you, I want to welcome him into our presence. I want to welcome the Holy Spirit. I want, if it comes with the children, you remember when John uh, Kilpatrick, didn't he want to go to church on Father's Day? He's going to quit. Walked into church on Father's Day at Brownsville, didn't want to be there, wasn't going to show up, had a special guest. It was that day that the Brownsville revival started. It was that day at his lowest that the Holy Spirit showed up. It was that day that he said he remembers at four o'clock in the afternoon when they were still laying in the presence of God. He heard them finally dismiss all the children. And he said as the children came in to the sanctuary, he heard them weeping. He heard them saying, Jesus, Jesus. They were just out of control and began to drop under the power. You say, well, I don't know that I'm up for all that. That's fine. I'm up for every bit he's got because it is the power of the gospel that sets people free. It is the Holy Spirit that heals marriages. It is the Holy Spirit that does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. It is the Holy Spirit who will bring a man and woman back together when they have nothing left in their marriage. It is the Holy Spirit who will raise up children to speak as if they've been schooled in universities. It is the Holy Spirit who will raise up men like you and me and cause us to take this gospel to this community to this city, to this state, to the country. It is the Holy Spirit that will raise up the dead man. It is the Holy Spirit that will heal blind Bartimaeus. It is the Holy Spirit that will give us encouragement. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise in this house. That's who he is. So there you go. Chris, come play. The last 20 minutes, we'll get through this. Matthew 16. When I was praying for Carol's foot, Holy Spirit said, do you trust me? I said, oh, sir, I do, but you scare me. Um, uh, Matthew 16 and 13. And I didn't know where he was going, but I trust Matthew 16 and 13. And we'll get up here to feet first in a minute. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. You see, right there, look up, and let me just tell you this about that so we can move quickly. Right there, he's wanting them to tell him who they think he is. But all they're interested in that moment as we are. I'm talking about us in Christ. I'm not talking about each other, though. We should speak up for each other. In fact, this uh, movie kind of inspired me in the early 1990s. Late at night, if you were looking for something to calm you down so you could go to sleep, you might have turned on the TV and seen Anthony Hopkins and thought, this looks like an interesting movie. And then you saw Jodie Foster. And you thought, oh, this might be an interesting movie. Maybe this will calm me down and make me sleep. But then you learned about who? Clarice and Hannibal. 
Nothing about that movie will calm you down. It's called the silence of the what? The silence of the lambs. That's what's going on in this passage. That's what's going on in America today. The lambs are silent when we should speak about who he is. Who he is. He wanted someone to speak up. He wants us to speak up. These that he invested in the most. These who had healed him, preached Lazarus out of the grave. These who had seen him heal the woman with the issue of blood. He who had raised the widow's son at Nain. He'd invested everything. They had lived those miracles with him. But at the moment when he just wanted to say, do you know who I am? Remember, this is about us and Jesus, not each other. Do you know who I am? All they could say is, well, let me just tell you what the latest gossip is. Let me just tell you what people are saying. They say this, and they say that, and you can almost hear in this text what is not said. You almost hear him saying, you saw me. You saw me preach last week. You saw me heal blind Bartimaeus. You saw me raise the widow from name. You saw me. You saw me. Don't you know who I am? I wonder today what the Lord would say to Rhonda Davis and to you, my friends, my brothers and sisters, dearly loved. You saw me work in your life before. You saw my miracles. You saw what I have done before. But in this moment, in a 15 second faith or faith or doubt moment of your life, who do you say I am? You have been with me. You've witnessed with me. You know, Peter comes across in the next verse, and he's that thing that he's so known for. But Jesus says in 15, well, who do you say that I am? They didn't get it. He was wanting them to say who he was. And Simon and Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You know, we love to hone in. We'll read one more verse there. For you, but we love to hone in on Peter, and we're so thrilled that he got it. But the silence of the eleven lambs speaks louder than the one who spoke the prophet. Sometimes our silence in moments when we should speak up for the King of kings and the Lord of lords, when we're hit with opposition, when we're hit in our job place, we're hit with other people, what's going on in their lives, and we should speak up and say, He is the Son of God. You see, we, you and I, we belong to the King and His kingdom. My family raised me my parents raised me, Maga, to make kingdom decisions. My mom and daddy made the decisions that were for the Lord and then believed that the family would be blessed because of that. With my children, I've done the same thing. With your children, you've done the same thing because we belong to the king. But the silence of the other eleven screams the loudest. They don't say who he is. I wonder today in America... God is looking for some senators to not be silent about who Jesus is. God is looking for some congressmen and women who will not be silent lambs, believers who are in the White House, in the royal tundundrum, whatever that is of the place where decisions are made. Jesus is still asking America, who do you say I am? Who am I? Not who others say I am. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? God is looking for you and I, the silence of the eleven. You know what? When the multitudes were being fed, fishes and loaves, 
by this man, there was 5,000. But in the darkest moment of his life, everyone deserted him but John. If the 5,000 who were rejoicing in the moment that the fish and loaves came, if they had showed up, come on somebody, before Pilate, it would have made a difference. Well, Pastor Rhonda, we wanted Jesus to be crucified, absolutely. But it would have made a difference. Those lambs were silent, 5,000 of them, as they dragged Jesus up Golgotha's hill. Those 5,000 that had been healed, those that had been ministered to, I wonder in our lives right now, with our relationship with the Lord, wherever you and I might be in our journey of this pilgrimage called faith, I wonder, are we silent like these 11? Or do we say, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God? Do we say into the community or are we embarrassed are we embarrassed to speak the name of Jesus the only name by which men can be saved are we embarrassed to speak his name to people who are hurting and are being pressed by fear and worry are we silent and say well some say he's done some great things well, I heard someone on TV say that they healed his marriage no 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 who do you say he is what has he done for you in the past I don't care where you are today struggling in between Laodicea and between trouble look back into your past and remember it was Jesus the Christ the son of almighty God who did something for you in the past and he's still able I wish I had somebody that would praise him in this house I wish I had somebody that would praise him in this house. Who do you say he is? He is Christ. In moments of leadership, you're either a lamb or you're a leader. Peter stepped up to be a leader. As a pastor, I am no longer a lamb. I'm his lamb. I'm his lamb, but I'm not a lamb of the body. I have to stay as a leader out of the lamb zone. Because I've got to help the lambs. That puts a, a line between me and me. That means at times I cry going home and I cry coming to church. But I don't cry to the lambs. I cry in my prayer closet. I fuss with God. I have a, a meeting with Him. I may lay for hours and weep in His presence. But I'm going to tell you parents, your leaders in your home, you're not lambs there. You can't be Billy Bob's best buddy or Sally's little girlfriend. you got to be strong leaders that say we serve Christ and Christ alone in this house. As Mike sang, to live. We give you glory. Somebody give him praise in this house this morning. Come on. Somebody give him praise in this house. Thou art the Christ. That's who you are, Jesus. That's who you are. Who can hear me? And it goes on to say, and then we'll get to the feet here. Jesus says back, verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I'm going to tell you something. Flesh and blood, Austin, can't reveal to you the things as awesome as you are. Flesh and blood, Pastor Jeff, can't reveal to you the things you need as awesome as you are. Flesh and blood can be deceptive. John Bevere taught us just recently. He taught us that 
in Ezekiel 14, I believe it is, Ezekiel 14, God says to the people, he says, you come before the leaders of Israel, but you come with your heart already made up. And he said in Ezekiel 14 and 4, so I'll give you your covetous desire. And man, we, we rewound that. The Hope House goes out. We had to hear it again. And we stayed out because what it was saying was, you come before me and you're not neutral. But you really already know what you want me to say. I'll answer you. Let's move that pulpit. I'll answer you according to what you want. You see, John Bevere said it this way, and it's really helped me. It's helped me so much lately. I knew it. I'm, I've always said, Brother Mike, you remember when I led worship, I'd always say, not my will be done in this service, God, but your will. I try to empty my will. I, I did that this morning. I tried to come neutral. But he said, you got to come neutral before the Lord. Because he said to the leaders of Israel, you come before me. One translation says the idols. With the idols in your heart. I was counseling someone about a year ago. And I was praying for one of the spouses because I'd seen them really listen to the Lord at certain times of their life. And I said, Holy Spirit, give them a dream. I mean, I prayed over all y'all all the time. Give them a dream, Holy Spirit. Send an angel in their bedroom in the middle of the night. Go in there, Lord, and speak to him. I mean, he was just wreaking havoc on his spouse. Do it, Lord. And you know, I got kind of frustrated what happened. And the Lord said this simple thing to me. He said, Rhonda, when you were divorced from Pastor Hank those three years, if I had given you a dream that you were returning to him, what would you have done? I said, I would have never received that. I hated him. He said, and so what? He said, because your covetous desires before him was already bent on this is the way it's going to be. So you come before God and he says, okay, you said that's the way it's going to be, so that's the way. And see, I walked around thinking God had told me that. It was a big wake-up call to me years later. And now I want to be so neutral. But see, we come before the Lord as spirit-filled, all of us, blessed, beloved children in this room of the Most High God. And we say, God, I neutralize my heart. I make neutral before you what I think is your will. You see, I was offended with my husband. The word says it's easier to win a city than to win an offended brother or sister or mother or daughter or brother. You know what I'm saying? It's easy because it's easier to win a city because that offense makes us. I know with me when I've had it, it makes me unable to hear the Lord for somebody or for me in that in that area. We got to come neutral in the book of John to end this feet first to where I really wanted to go. Leaving out a whole bunch of other stuff since the Holy Spirit had some other plans. Book of John chapter 12. I'm going to read to you from verse 1 out of the Amplified. So six days before the Passover feast, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was. Who had died. Say, he had died. A man is sitting at this table. Come on, say a man. Say a man. Say it again, a man. is sitting at this table right here who had died and been raised. I mean, John 11, he was dead. Four days dead. And he's sitting at this table. He's sitting at this table, chapter 12. He's sitting at this table. Who do men say that I am, says Jesus? Who do men say that I am? And it says that he came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had died and whom he had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those at the table. Mary took a pound of ointment of pure liquid nard, a rare perfume that was very expensive, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. And the whole house was filled with the fragrance. Say the whole house. Say the whole house. 
This is what happens when you get feet first with Jesus. When you get feet first with Jesus. Church, I'm telling you, everybody better get feet first. Right now in your life, in your prayer life, everything get feet first. That's what happened with our youth. See, here's Simon the leper. He's sitting here, but he's not feet first. He was a leper and he's cleansed. And he's got his hands in the Italian cream cake. He's feasting on what he sees. Here's Lazarus. He has been dead. I was dead. Now I'm alive. I was blind, but now I see. Come on. I was a hooker, but now I'm saved by Jesus. I was a drug addict, but I am cleansed. I was a sinner. I was a liar, a gossiper, a fornicator, but now I am alive. Who do men say that I am? Somebody praise him. But nobody was feet first. Nobody. Everybody's feasting. Everybody's drinking what the world has to see. The beautiful cake and there's food and there's drinking. We're feasting. But nobody's feet first. The cares of the world and the things that we're satisfied, the things that we want, we desire, we think is right. We're doing all this and everyone's feasting. Well, I don't know who that is, but this is an Italian cream cake. I don't know who that is, but this is a steak. Use some imagination, people. A steak and a baked potato right here. I don't know who you are. I was a leper and now I'm healed, but I don't know who you are. I was dead and now I am alive, but I don't know who you are. I was divorced and he intervened in my life and he healed my husband of drug addiction. I don't know who you are though. I'm over here enjoying myself. I'm feasting in the good things that's going on around me because I've got it going on. I've forgotten how this man at the end of the table found me and turned it all around when I was in poverty and I didn't have money for school, when I didn't have a job, when I didn't have a name, when I was drinking alcohol, when I was walking in the ways of the world and devastated by divorce. I don't know who he is, but I know who I am. Who do you say he is? Somebody give Jesus a praise in this house. I'm too busy enjoying my prosperity. It's all about me. I don't know who you are. I hate coconut. I can't believe I got this. The Hope House girls and cooks talked me into this. Ugh. It's going home with you girls, too. I hope y'all like coconut. I'm enjoying all this. I don't know who you are down there. But I got a lot going on. It's all about me. It's what I need. It's what I want. The way I want to look. The way I want to be cool. As I just confessed about myself. It's the way I want church to be. It's the way I want things to look. It's a recognition. I don't I don't care if she was born in a manger when you could have been born in the Hilton. I ain't listening to that. I ain't listening to that. I don't care that everyone thought your mother was a whore. I ain't listening to that. No, 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 no. I don't know who you are. I'm feasting. Oh, I got myself in some delicacies here. It's about me, what I need, what I want. It's all about me and what's coming to me. I don't want to hear that you shed everything 
for me because it's all about me. It's my plans, my life, my family, what I need, what I don't need, what I think is best for me. I know, I don't know who you are, but I think I heard about you, and I think the only way up is down. I think you said I got to die before I really live. I think you said that I got to suck it up with my feelings get crushed and all of that. And I think you said I have to brush it off when somebody offends me I'm called to minister to. And I think you said that I've got to be forgiving. I don't know who you are. It's all about me. But he says, who do you say that I am? Who am I to you? Has it been so long that you forgot that my strong arm and my powerful hand Rhonda Davis pulled you out of everything you couldn't get out of yourself. Your life doesn't belong to you. Your life is bound up in the name of he who is the son of the living God. Somebody give him praise. Do you say I am rich? I'm the one who's taken you out of the pit twice in a city at your death. Who do you say I am, David? Who do you say I am, Everett? I'm sitting at your death. Are you going to face? And be mindful of just me, what I need, what I do. Are you going to come like Mary did with oil in her hands and come feet first? The only one, Chris, who had a revelation of who he really was. I was dead, but now I live, but I'm not at his feet. I was a leper. My name is Simon. He healed me. I can walk among the, the crew now. I'm the banker. I'm the business person. I got it going on, but they wouldn't look at me when I was here. But I'm too busy feasting while he's sitting there. But there was a woman who came in, and she knew who he was. And she bent low. I'm telling you, we got to get low. That's what Holy Spirit keeps saying to me the last few days. They're much crying. Get feet first, Ron. Get low. Stay at my feet. Stay at my feet. I'm telling you, in this world that you and I are living in, raising kids, walking through life, we've got to get feet first. When I had that encounter at Walmart Sunday, it shook me to the core. When I was younger, the Lord, I probably would have tried to run with an open sword or something stupid. But I didn't. I got to a quiet place. I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Feet first, even in the time when your enemy, as Brother Mike's like, help is on its way. Feet first, it means in moments when I am struggling with offense or what to do or where to go, I got to get neutral and get feet first. I got to get to his feet. I can't worry about what you're doing and your decisions. I serve the king. I don't serve you. I don't follow you. We follow our leaders as they follow Christ, but you follow Christ. You can't keep your eye on anyone to the left or the right of you. I tell the hope girls all the time, 
Don't watch anyone in this house. Keep your eyes on Jesus, baby. Feet first. Stay at his feet. Because you see, when I'm down here, the world has a different. Everything looks different. He is so much bigger. than I am so much smaller. At his feet, I see you differently. At his feet, I see life differently. My friend Terry, at his feet, we see our past differently. Our loss and our sorrow, baby. At his feet is how you're going to survive, Terry. At his feet, baby, there ain't no other way but at his feet. Feet first. I encourage you right now to get at his feet in your life. I encourage you like Mary. Know who he is. Don't let other things or even people in your business, people in your life, people wherever, people even in your church affect you. Get feet first with Jesus. You see, Simon was offended and a sword was drawn against Mary. But she was down at his feet. You see, people that are feet first embarrass other people. Feet, people that are feet first sometimes make other people ashamed. People that are feet first convict other people. Because this is where we're living. When I read Mary's story, it convicts me. This is where we got to live from right here. It's feet first. At the feet of the Lord Jesus' faith. Hearing our ear to the floor on the wrist, James. Hearing what he has to say to us. Feet first. Because right here, when I get really right here, then I know what I can. I know, feet first. Friday morning, I woke up hearing a song, When My World Is Shaking, had heard it over here. Heaven stands when my heart is breaking. He holds it in his hand. I even Googled it thinking, where, how do I know that? The Holy Spirit kept singing it to me. It was a day of, of shaking and breaking, receiving news. It, it broke my heart, and as often life brings each one of us about different people we know, or etc. Not my family or anybody like that, but... But Saturday morning, early, after I'd been feet first all night, didn't sleep a wink all night running up, cried all night in his presence in another room, didn't even tell Pastor what I was crying about or praying about. And when I slept for 30 minutes before I wake up, he woke me up with another song. I don't think we've done it for a long time, but Mike, or if we've ever even done it. But it was, something's moving, something's shaking. It's like heaven, heaven on earth, something's moving. Something's shaking. You know, after feet first, I got a clear perception that God is preparing to be in the midst of his people. Not just us, but churches all over this city and all over this state. I encourage you right now, things in your life, get feet first. Don't look at anything as final until you get feet first. Neutralize your heart and say, this is what I think and I feel. And this is what my emotions and feelings are telling me. And this is what I'm, I'm picking up from others. Say this, or the job, your family, or, or you know, wherever, even your church, I don't know, your school. Get feet first and say, Lord, I need you. I want you to stand all over this building. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. I just want you to have a moment right there of just feet first, just standing, feet first. Come on, just make it your altar. I'm not going to walk you through this. I just need you to make that place. Tell him that he is the Christ. Tell him that you do love him dearly. Tell him that you do worship him. 
Tell him that you do adore him. Thank him and tell him that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Come on, begin to thank him for what he's done. Don't be like Simon at the table. Don't be like the 11 lambs that were silent. Just thank him for his goodness. Church, you're so precious. Just thank him. Thank him for what he's done in your life right where you stand. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the mess you got me out of, Lord. Thank you for saving me and healing me. Thank you for your mercy toward Rhonda Davis. Thank you that you did not cast me aside, Lord when I walked so many times away from you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for bringing us out, Lord, all the things in this room. Various are the situations. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us out. Thank you. As you're standing, I'm going to ask the worship team to come and get ready to do that for your glory. I will live. Come on, just keep standing. Keep standing right where you are with your hands lifted up to him. Come on, come on, just keep standing, just keep standing, just keep standing. Then I want you just to say, Lord Jesus, I'm feet first in my spirit. I may not be down on my feet right now, but Lord, I just am feet first in my heart. I'm feet first. I'm feet first before you, Lord Jesus. I'm feet first in my spirit. I'm feet first in my decisions, Lord. I want to be like Mary, right at your feet to hear your words and to hear your call. Come on, come on, church. As the worship team begins to sing, I'm going to ask you just to move out. It's still early, just for the next five minutes. Just come and stand in these altars if you can. Just come as they just begin to sing, for your glory I will live. I want you just to come stand. I just want you to make this place an altar before him. I want you to welcome the Holy Spirit. I want you to welcome God to move in our midst in these upcoming months. We're going to pray a prayer of protection in a minute. But right now, just make that place an altar. Just make that place an altar before the Lord. Just make that place an altar before the Lord. Just make that place right where you're standing an altar. Make it a place. Come on. Come on. I want everybody just to move out of your seat, if you will, and come stand in the altars. Come on, just move out of your seat. Come stand in the altars. Come on, church, if you're comfortable with it, come on. All of you, just come stand. Just come stand in His presence. Come stand in His presence. Come on, nobody's going to get in your space. Just make that a feet first place. Come on. Just make that a feet first place. Come on, that's it, young people. That's it. Make it feet first. Feet first. Feet first. Before you, Jesus. 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 Before you, Jesus.
Oh. 